name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It is uh, not often that this festival falls on a uh, Sunday. Um, I think a couple of decades ago, uh, when the Feast of the Presentation fell on a Sunday, it takes the place of the Sunday. I remember going into the church school class, and I said to them before Mass, I said, um, do you know what today is? Today's February 2nd. You know what today is, what we're celebrating? And they looked at me and they said, yes, Groundhog Day. <laughs> and I said, well, yes, Groundhog Day, but, you know, what else? It's the Feast of the Presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ in the temple. I said, you know what happened then? And one of the young people said, yes, if Jesus saw his shadow, he, he could stay out after temple and play. But if he didn't see his shadow, it was going to rain, and Mary made him come in. I had a little talk with the church school teacher that day. But in essence, when talking about this festival and thinking about that in West, here in America, it's um, uh, Groundhog Day, there is something about light and shadows. The festival we celebrate, first of all, used to be also known as the Purification of Mary. Now, there is a lot more to Jewish tradition and Jewish way of life than what we're used to. This, in many Jewish circles, um, they still have uh, purification after uh, childbirth or after the monthly cycle for a woman, uh, a mikvah, the ritual bath. And in Israel, to this day, about 800,000 of the women go to mikvahs uh, each month. But we're 21st century people, and the one thing I would ask you to do, as opposed to looking at it from the perspective of a 21st century individual, I would ask you to look at the purification of Mary as a spiritual disposition. It could be classes to talk about what is going on there, but to look at it as a spiritual disposition. The woman is doing something related with her spirituality also regarding the presentation of Jesus in the temple. He who is God, whose the temple was, if you will, his home before he became the incarnate word. But yet, Mary and Joseph bring God Most High to the temple, and he submits himself to the law. He who wrote the law brought the law into being, he submits himself, if you will, in a spiritual fashion for our sake and for the sake of the whole world. And the thing is that 40 days ago, because this is, that was Christmas, and this was to happen, this event, 40 days after the birth of a child, they're sort of living in a shadowy time in a difficult time. Remember, um, Herod was upset. The Magi came. He's looking to seek to kill this child. So much darkness is going on in the world. Ancient Israel is ruled, governed, suppressed, however you want to put it, by the Romans. 
The Jewish government isn't any better. And so there's a lot of darkness. There are a lot of shadows. And what about the shadows that are going on in the lives of individuals at that time? The darkness that they might be living in. Maybe it might be a spiritual darkness, particularly in the case when we think of Simeon. Simeon is living in this world of darkness, waiting for the light, for the Messiah to come. Maybe everyone around him was like, yes, yes, next year in Jerusalem, okay, the Messiah, yeah. We've been hearing that for hundreds of years. But in the shadows, the light comes. And Simeon, who tradition tells us was blind, Simeon knows and feels that when Mary and Joseph bring this child, Jesus, that he is the light. He is the Messiah. He perceives it. He feels it. There is nothing that no one is saying, Simeon, Mary and Joseph are here. Oh, they brought Jesus. Simeon, the gospel has us to believe, perceives that in the darkness of the world, the light shines forth. And he picks up, like in that middle window, he holds the child Jesus. And he says, now, now, Lord, I can die. Your promise, not just to me, but your promise to the world has been fulfilled. Here is a light to enlighten the nations. Light brings clarity. All of us, we have shadows. Not to bring in like the studies that I did with psychotherapy, but Carl Jung spends a great deal of time talking about our shadow talking about that part of us that we don't really want to bring to light. That part of us that we know it's maybe not the best of who we are, the best of who we can be. Sometimes we live in the shadows just by circumstances. Things don't work out and we struggle in the darkness. Sometimes we create our own darkness and we choose to live in the shadows. That's a hard thing for any of us to admit and to realize and look and say, yeah, I have a shadow side. But the purpose of this festival, the purpose of the incarnation of God becoming man is to help us get clarity, to help us see that one, in the person of Jesus, we can come out of the darkness and the shadows. We, the church calls it sin. You can call it defects of character, shortcomings, wrongdoings, whatever you want to call it. That's us. That's me. We can come out of that into the light. Simeon knew and believed that God's expectations would be fulfilled. Anna, the prophetess Anna, trusted in God's promises. I would ask for each of you 
to believe that the light is within you. Or you can try and fight and extinguish it and put it back in the shadows. But the reason why you held all those candles, not just because we're following some ancient medieval rite, and the church has that saying, we never forget, so just tack it onto the liturgy, and then we'll find a day to celebrate it or remember it. Know that it has significance. You know, when something is out of, our, out of the ordinary, like candles, it feels uncomfortable. We don't usually do this on a Sunday. We'll do it again at the Easter Vigil for a different reason, but for a similar reason. The light is being held in your hand. There's no escaping it. The light will shine upon you, capital L, whether you want it to or not. The point is for you and for me to step out of the shadows, to step out of whatever darkness that we have that we're experiencing in our own life. What might that be? Might it be the darkness of a stressed family relationship? The darkness or the shadow of being at a job or work we don't like? Financial difficulties, a difficult neighbor, Maybe it might be illness. Maybe it might be tragedy. Maybe it might be something even more personal. That those things that I don't want to do, O oh Lord, I keep doing and I hide them. Because I think you can't see. But I know you can see. Help me see. Help me to get clarity. You held an example of that light in those candles. There was a time that on this day, all the candles that were going to be used in the year for the church would be blessed. So there would be just boxes or sticks of candles that would be brought up or at the altar. And those would be the candles after they were being blessed, they would be used at the altar. People would take them home in their own lives, and they would burn them in their own house. They would burn them in the midst of tragedy, as a sign of prayer, but as a remembrance that as Jesus was taken to the Holy Temple and presented in front of his God and Father, I bring this light from the temple where I presented myself. You see, Jesus presents himself as the supreme sacrifice for our shortcomings, for our sins. But nonetheless, we present ourselves here every Sunday. Take your pick. We process to Bethlehem. We process to the temple for communion. We process to Calvary, the empty tomb, the mountain from which he ascended, the the, the upper room when there, where the uh, Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles. February 2nd, 2020, we present ourselves another Sunday as a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, a sacrifice which is your act of spiritual worship.
each time, each moment, each day. That we step out of our own shadow and into the light. We can know him. We can love him. We can serve him. We can be happy with him in this world and live with him in that light that lasts forever and ever. Amen.